My name is Zach Arnold. I'm a Hollywood film and television editor, a documentary director, father of two, an American Ninja Warrior in training, and the creator of Optimize Yourself. For over 10 years now, I have obsessively searched for every possible way to optimize my own creative and athletic performance, and now I'm here to shorten your learning curve. Whether you're a creative professional who edits, writes, or directs, you're an entrepreneur, or even if you're a weekend warrior, I strongly believe that you can be successful without sacrificing your health or your sanity in the process. You ready? Let's design the optimized version of you. Hello, and welcome to the Optimize Yourself podcast. If you're a brand new optimizer, I welcome you and I sincerely hope that you enjoy today's conversation. If you are inspired to take action after listening today, why not tell a friend about this show and help spread the love? And if you're a longtime listener and optimizer OG, welcome back. Whether you're brand new or you're a seasoned vet, if you have just 10 seconds today, it would mean the world to me if you clicked the subscribe button in your podcast app of choice because the more people that subscribe, the more that iTunes and the other platforms can recognize this show, and thus the more people that you and I can inspire to step outside their comfort zones to reach their greatest potential. And now on to today's show, which to be honest is going to be a bit of an experiment. As a longtime listener, you already know how much I love to do in-depth interviews on a variety of topics, whether that's allowing everyday people to share their personal and their inspirational journeys, or industry experts and world-renowned authors who share their expertise to help you optimize a specific area of your life. But today, what I want to do instead is give you an insider's glimpse into the world of my optimizer coaching and mentorship program and what we call the hot seat. What you're going to hear today is a recording of an actual live session with an Optimizer student where on the hot seat, we tackle various questions, whether that's about career transitions, productivity, workflows, networking, burnout, habit formation, resumes and websites, and any other number of work-life challenges that students bring to the table as they navigate their own paths toward success. In the following hot seat session, Denise Chan is preparing to negotiate her contract as an assistant editor for an upcoming Netflix series. Negotiating salary, work hours, and additional benefits is something that we all have to do regardless of whatever position we hold. The paradigm shift that I'm advocating for and have been for years is that we as creative professionals should not get paid just for the hours that we work, but instead for the value that we provide others. Listen in on how I coached Denise to approach her meeting from this perspective and how you too can use this approach for your own negotiations. If you find these sessions valuable, we're gonna be sharing Hot Seat Fridays with you every week that are gonna be jam-packed with practical, real-world strategies that you can easily apply to your own lifestyle and career to send you off with an action plan for the next Monday ahead. And if after listening to this, you're wishing that you could schedule your own hot seat session, I invite you to join our community of optimizers, where you're going to find all the support and connections you need to optimize every aspect of your life. Just go to optimizeyourself.me slash optimizer to learn more about the various coaching and mentorship options available so you and I can start working together today. All right, without further ado, here is today's Hot Seat Friday session with community member Denise Chan. Denise, so how are you? 
I'm doing good. Thank you. Yeah. So things has been, you know, kind of like falling into place on its own. And so it, I'm really relieved, like learning all the, you know, new skills that I have. So I, 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 I have a job coming, starting in end of June. So, and I have not signed any paperwork yet, but they said it's going to come two weeks before the show starts. So I'm just, um, and it's an AE job. So I'm wondering, and it's union. So what kind of negotiation, I, I, and it's, it's union, but, you know, like I hear people talking about above the scale rates and whether it's, you know, because I'm, this is like my second job, you know. So like, do I, what kind of, uh, I don't want to come off as like, oh, you know, she's difficult. So it's, a, it's negotiation, but I mean, in, in the non-scripted world, it's really easy for me to be like, oh, okay, this is my price. And then they look at it, it's like, oh, we don't have the budget or they're like, sure. You know, they don't even ask questions. It's so easy. But here it's like, okay, that's the union. And then there's the people who's hiring me. And it's like, she is, why is she asking about money? You know, that kind of thing. There's so much much dynamics going on so I just want to hear what you know and and a lot of people have talked about it in other platforms but I want to hear your take on it and what would your advice to someone like me you know like what should can I should I do got it okay so to for me to clarify it's a scripted union show and is it network streaming drama comedy okay so it's Netflix Netflix, yeah okay and it's uh so scripted union for Netflix yeah First season? Uh, it is a TV series, mini TV series. So there's only 12 episodes and it's done and it's based on a real life story. Yeah. Got it. So, so it's a limited series. Yeah, and it's a limited And you're coming in at the beginning of it, I guess, would be the, the best way to put it. Uh, no, this is actually, I'm taking over from somebody midway because like, because of a pandemic and everything. So they're actually in editors, uh, no, in producer's cut. And they're uh, in, just in, like, like... In which episode? Because you said there are 12 episodes. So are you yeah. coming in... Um, at like where they're almost done with the season or you're coming in to help in producer's cut of episode one, there's a, a fairly large spectrum. So give me an idea of the time commitment they've given you. Uh, like, are you coming in for a week to fill in? Or are you coming in for the next nine months? Like what what does the time commitment look like? So it's starting end of June and it's probably going to end in, they say around November. So um, basically they're going down episode by episode. And by the time I join, they're hoping that they will be locking the episode that I'm supposed to be working on, which is 102. So my yeah, editor okay. is doing 102 and 108. And then they will go 102, 103, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and to 12. God, he's doing two yeah. and eight. How many editors are on that show? And what is it so <laughs> I can be on teams. it? Dear Lord. Four. Oh my God. I wish. Yeah. It's like so much time. Like (laughs) it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. We we don't have that luxury and I've, uh, I've been fighting for that for years. I've been on one show with the four editor team and it was bliss and I could really use a four editor team right now. But anyway, that's another conversation. So the reason I ask all of this is to better understand context and understand negotiating power and leverage and what they need and what they have and what they have access to. So here's the short version of your answer, which is the reality in scripted narrative television. As an assistant editor, you have almost no negotiating power whatsoever, which I think you probably already knew. Adamantly disagree with the way that this works, but unfortunately right now that is the reality. If you were coming in at the very beginning of a season and you were part of the lead editorial team with a hotshot editor that's done big name features or award-winning television and they said, this is my assistant, you've got a little bit of leverage. 
you're going to probably be able to get a little bit more than scale. Right now, you're filling in somebody else's seat that was already presumably making scale. And I don't know, the the one area that's, it's not negotiable at this point because the season is already set, but the one area that's kind of sort of negotiable is what your weekly guaranteed hours are. That's where assistants end up making their money, where is it a 45-hour week? Is it a 50-hour week, a 55-hour week, et cetera, et cetera. That's usually where there's a little bit of negotiating power. Um, but in the scripted narrative world for assistants, you kind of just take what they're going to give you. And again, I adamantly disagree with this, and I I want people to to do their best to advocate and fight back and change this. But right now, you have very, very little power. The reason being that if you were to come in there and say, you know what, I want scale plus 500 a week, they'd say, okay, no problem. We've got 50 other people that would be willing to take this job this afternoon. So it's it's just, it's not a market where you're going to have a whole lot of power in this case, especially because somebody yesterday or right now at this moment is doing the job for a certain amount. And there's nothing on your resume that gets the producer or the studio to sign off on a decision that says, oh, Denise is definitely worth more money in a budget where we already don't have money for other things. So you just have to look at it from their reality. Does that mean that you don't provide more value than another assistant editor that might sit in that chair? No. And this is a conversation I think I had a week or two ago on the hot seat where we were talking about um, negotiating your value and how one of the things that drives me crazy as an editor is the term most favored nation. Did you hear that conversation or have you ever heard that before? No. Uh, So it's a term that agents and studios use, which means Uh that if you have a multi-editor team, when one editor locks in their rate, everybody gets paid the same thing. And some people think that that's a really good idea. I disagree with that. Just because we're all doing the same job doesn't mean that we're providing the same level of value. So when I go into a job, I have a rate that I know that I'm worth because I can deliver more value than you're paying for me. By paying me this amount of money, you're going to save money by the end of the season because I'm faster, I'm more efficient with my time, and I get less notes. That's worth real money to them. It's not just me saying I'm important. It's me saying, if you pay me this, what I'm worth, you're going to save more than that amount of money because of the way that I manage my time and the quality of the work that I deliver. And that's not blowing smoke. I have done that over and over and over. And people have said, you ended up saving me money. So I I know that that's just the fact. But as an editor, I have that negotiating power. As -hmm. an assistant in scripted, you don't have it. But at the same time, if there are certain things that are non-negotiable for you or things that you want to negotiate that are not about rate, now is the time to, to set those guidelines and set clear boundaries. So is there anything that's worth it to you to negotiate? Not necessarily something you can even get in a contract, but just something you can clearly communicate as an expectation to your producers. I mean, I do have other questions about like, you know, what happens if, you know, if it's a recap? You know, do 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 they pay assistance for it? I'm not saying that I want it. I mean, I guess at a, this point, I have not had a conversation. I mean, I don't know the AE whom I'm replacing. So, you know, it's not like I can, hey, you know what? You know, did they pay you or were you getting paid to cut recaps and stuff like that? So, I and I mean, I, I feel like these are very uncomfortable, you know, conversations to have with somebody. Like even even if you want to talk about, okay, you know, if you if you kind of like, you know, want to ask about do you get paid for cutting recaps, who do you ask it to, you know? Should you first talk to your editor? Should you talk to the post producer? Or is it like 
straight to Netflix because Netflix is the one that is, you know, actually coming to me with my start paperwork and asking me to fill it out. And I have a feeling they would push it to the other person, you know, kind of thing. My sincerest apologies for the interruption in the middle of this interview. But if you are a content creator or you work in the entertainment industry, not only is the following promo not an interruption, but listening has the potential to change your life because collaborating with Evercast is that powerful. Here's a brief excerpt from a recent interview that I did with Evercast co-founders, Brad Thomas and award-winning editor, Roger Barton. Living this lifestyle of a feature film editor has really had an impact on me. So I was really looking for something to push back against all of these lifestyle infringements that are imposed on us, both by schedules and expectations. When you guys demoed Evercast for me that first time, my jaw hit the floor. I'm like, oh my God, this is what I have been waiting for for a decade. I also had the same reaction when I first saw Evercast. Two words came to mind, game changer. Our goal, honestly, is to become the Zoom for creatives, whatever it is you're streaming, whether it's editorial, visual effects, pro tools for music composition, live shot cameras. It's consistent audio and video, lip sync always stays in sync. Whether you're in a live session where you're getting that feedback immediately or you can't get it immediately, so you record the session and you can share those clips with people on the production team where there's no room for any confusion. It's like, this is exactly what the director wants. This is exactly what the producer wants. What matters most to me is it makes the entire process more efficient, which then translates to us as creatives who spend way too much time in front of computers. We get to shut it down and we get to go spend time with our friends and family. The biggest complaint, and I'm sure you guys have heard this many, many times, this looks amazing, I just can't afford it. Tesla had to release the Model S before they released the Model 3. So by the end of the year, we are going to be releasing a sub $200 version a month of Evercast for the freelancer and indie creatives. Anyone who is a professional video creator outside of Hollywood. I think what we've learned over the last few months is that this technology can translate to better lives for all of us that give us more flexibility and control while still maintaining the creativity, the creative momentum, and the quality of work. I cannot stress this enough. Evercast is changing the way that we collaborate. If you value your craft, your well-being, and spending quality time with the ones you love, Evercast now makes that possible for you and me. To listen to the full interview and learn about the amazing potential that Evercast has to change the way that you work and live, visit optimizeyourself.me slash Evercast. Now back to today's interview. So, I mean, how, how does one like approach something like All that? All right, so let, let's dig into the nuances of, of this a little bit further. So we've identified that as an assistant editor and scripted, very little negotiating power, frankly, almost zero negotiating power with your weekly rate. Tiny bit of wiggle room when it comes to maybe you can eke out a few extra guaranteed hours, but even mm -hmm. that's fairly rare. But for those that are more experienced, sometimes they'll say, you know what, I know everybody else is on a 45, I want a 50. And they're like, listen, you're the best AE out there, they'll make it happen. But one of the things that you may have already heard that I know anybody that works in the scripted world has heard before, it's all about precedence. Studios don't want to set a precedent. Mm. If they give one editor more than scale, the word gets out, and now every assistant editor asks for more than scale, and they just think it's going to be chaos. So it's always about precedent, right? So an example would be that when I negotiate my rates, I find very unique creative ways to end up getting more of a rate over time without changing my weekly rate because they say, this is a fixed weekly rate. This is our precedent. We can't do more than that, but we can fudge a few other things. So at the end of the day, there's still more money in the bank account and I don't care how they do it, whatever kind of creative accounting they need, right? 
So one of the areas you've identified where we can get creative is with recaps. So the first question I have for you, are you willing to cut recaps with no compensation whatsoever? I have been doing that. So yeah. (laughs) All right. So that's really important to know. The reason that's important to know is because it's an uncomfortable conversation for you to ask about whether or not they pay assistant editors to cut recaps. Mm -hmm. But if you're you're okay with doing it unpaid, how much leverage do you have? No leverage. Zero leverage. (laughs) You have absolutely none because they're going to think, well, I already know that Denise has cut them for free in the past and she seems very unsure of herself and lacks confidence. So I'm just going to tell her we don't pay her to cut recaps and then we're going to ask her to cut recaps. They're going to take advantage of everything they possibly can from you. Yeah. But let's say that instead you're like, you know what? I'm really unwilling to cut a recap for free at this point. You're still pretty young in your assistant editing career. You're not young in your career, but being an assistant editor and scripted, you're still mm-hmm. young. You're only on your second show. Yeah. So right now, the experience of cutting a recap is valuable to you because yes. it allows you to edit. It allows you to show your editor that you can cut, mm-hmm. and it potentially allows you to show a producer or a showrunner that you can cut. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of value to that. But let's just say that you were as cynical and jaded as possible. And you're like, I don't cut recaps for free. Not happening. So now you're asking yourself the question, which is more uncomfortable to me? Cutting a recap for free or having a conversation about how much they compensate for cutting recaps? You're going to have to approach one of them eventually. So which are you more comfortable with? Cutting a recap for free or asking for compensation? I think I, I, if I ask like the question and like to like, hey, you know, do you guys pay assistance when they cut recaps? I mean, I think that's a fair question to ask, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not demanding. I'm just asking, hey, you know, by the way, do you guys? But it's who is the person that I should be asking that to though? All right. So I, mean, uh, I think I'm comfortable asking that question. Yeah. Okay. So I'm number one, I want to change the question that you're asking. But number two, I want to address specifically who you're going to address this question to. Mm-hmm. And don't worry about Netflix or anybody in the studio. They just don't care. They're not, they're not intimately involved in the day-to-day. They might be sending you the paperwork. The person you want to talk to is the co-producer or the associate producer that runs the department. Okay. There are different terms on different shows and different studios, but it's usually either co-producer or associate producer. I don't mm-hmm. know why they do it that way. But whomever it is that organizes the department and, you know, is the daily contact for the editors and the AEs and manages the calendars and the delivery schedule, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, that's the person that's going to be able to answer this question for you. But I don't want you to ask, do you pay assistant editors to cut recaps? Okay. I want you to ask, what do you pay assistant editors for cutting recaps? Okay. Do you, do you see the difference between yeah. these two questions? Yeah. Okay. If you well, ask, yeah. do you pay them? No, we don't. Okay. Well, conversation <laughs> done. I don't have anything to say. What do yeah. you pay? Oh, well, you know, I mean, I, you know, stuff just comes out. What you're doing is you're putting them on the defensive, making them realize that they either have to give you a number or acknowledge the fact that they're not compensating somebody for something that isn't their job. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's a really yeah. subtle thing and it's not being rude. It's a very simple question. Oh, by the way, I just want to know, what do you guys pay your assistants when you ask them to cut recaps? Excellent. If they don't pay anything, it kind of, it, it, it opens a little bit of a wound for them, which might give you a little bit of room of opening. But what it also does, in my opinion, it makes you sound more confident in yourself. Mm-hmm. I want you to give the impression that I'm confident in who I am and the work that I do and what I bring to your show. And if this person just blatantly says, we don't pay our assistants anything. If you're okay with that and you're willing to put in that work uncompensated, 
Well, then you got your answer and you're going to continue cutting recaps for free. But this is one of the creative areas that assistant editor can do some negotiations. So I know a fair amount of assistant editors that what they usually do for recaps, because again, it's about precedent and they don't want to get more of a rate, but they'll give them a paid Saturday for each of their recaps. Yeah. Right. And yeah. what here, here's here's one of the, the things you can think about longer term when doing this. Once you're on one show that pays you one Saturday for one recap, guess what you've just set? Precedent. A precedent. Yeah. Now you are an assistant editor that gets paid to cut recaps, which means on your next show, you say, oh, by the way, I just wanted to let you know that on my previous show that I was getting paid a, a Saturday for each of my recaps. I just want to just want to make sure that's OK on this show as well. Now you're setting your own precedent. So any time that I'm increasing my rate when I'm negotiating for a show, when I go to the next one, and this has happened to me multiple times where I won't say the name of the studio, but they're the cheapest studio in town. They'll say, we would love to have you on the show. Here's the rate. I'm like, uh, that's not my rate. Well, this is what we have to pay. That's not what I got paid on my last show. This is now my rate. They can either decide to pay it or I say that I'm not interested. But I have set my precedent. This is what I'm worth. And if they have an opportunity or a director to work with or whatever the show is where I realize I'm willing to sacrifice some of the dollars per week because of the value the show brings or the network or the awards potential, whatever it is, none of which really has any value to me. But then I might be willing to lower my rate for other value I'm getting that isn't monetary. But I'm always constantly changing the precedent that I'm setting when I work with somebody. So as I negotiate each season on a show, if I get one of these creative things that I talked about that we'll use to kind of, you know, increase my rate without increasing my rate, that's just built into next year's negotiation. They can't unnegotiate that. We already paid it last season, so we're stuck there. And then what I do, I just add a little bit more on top. Well, we're already doing this one thing. Now we need to do two of this thing if you want me to come back the next season. So recaps are an area where you can assert the value and confidence that you have in your abilities. But if you're willing to do them unpaid, you only have so much leveraging power. So I don't want you to push it, but I want you to use this at least as practice to convey a little bit of confidence in the fact that I bring a unique value. Because maybe the assistant editor that has that seat now can't cut. Maybe they're not good at recaps. I don't know. I'm just, just hypothetically making it up. I don't know the person. But maybe the, they went to that assistant editor, couldn't cut a recap to save their life. Now you come in and save the day because they're four recaps behind. Maybe that's worth a few Saturdays to them. So it's yeah. something to think about. Yeah, it's, it's like finding that courage and saying in that correct way, like, you know, you, you're saying like putting it in there and then like setting that precedent. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, what it comes down to, and this is for everybody, not just for you, you need to make sure that people are recognizing the value that you bring. We do not get paid for the hours that we work. We get paid for the value that we bring. And you need to make sure that the value you bring is commensurate with the value that you are getting in return. If not, that's going to lead to resentment, friction, tension, and burnout. And I know from experience, more than once, going into a job, not getting paid what I'm worth, taking what they had to offer, feeling like I was being taken advantage of, it's just a deep, dark, endless pit. Sounds good, yeah. So does that, uh, does that help you in approaching your next steps? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I think, um, yeah, just have to get that script in my head going and <laughs> muster up that courage. Thank you. I am good. All right. You bet. Yeah. 
Before closing up today's show, I would love to ask for just a couple additional minutes of your time and attention to introduce you to one of my new favorite products created by my good friend Kit Perkins, who you may recognize as creator of the Topomat. Here is a brief excerpt from a recent interview that I did with Ergo-driven co-founder and CEO Kit Perkins talking about his latest product, New Standard Whole Protein. I'm into health and fitness generally, but I want it to be simple and straightforward. About a year, year and a half ago, I started adding collagen into my protein shakes. And man, the benefits were like more dramatic than any supplement I've ever seen. So I thought if I could just get this down to coming out of one jar and it's ingredients that I know I can trust and you just put it in water and you don't have to think about it. When people think of protein powders, they think, well, I don't want to get big and bulky. And that's not what this is about. To me, this is about repair. So a big part of what we're talking about here is you are what you eat. Your body's constantly repairing and rebuilding and the only stuff it can use to repair and rebuild is what you've been eating unfortunately as the years have gone by every day getting out of bed it's like you know two or three creaks and pops in the first couple steps and that i thought you just sort of live with now but yeah once starting the collagen daily or near daily it's just gone so for us job 1a here was make sure it's high quality and that's grass-fed 100 pasture-raised cows and then the second thing if you're actually going to do it every day it needs to be simple it needs to taste good well my goal is that for anybody that is a creative professional like myself that's stuck in front of a computer, number one, they're doing it standing on a topo mat. Number two, they've got a glass of new standard protein next to them so they can just fuel their body, fuel their brain. So uh, you and I, my friend, one edit station at a time are going to change the world. And even better for your listeners with code OPTIMIZE, on either a one-time purchase or that first subscribe and save order, 50% off. So if you do that subscribe and save, that's 20% off and 50% off with code OPTIMIZE. That's a fantastic deal. If you're looking for a simple and affordable way to stay energetic, focused, and alleviate the chronic aches and pains that come from living at your computer, I recommend New Standard Whole Protein because it's sourced from high-quality ingredients that I trust and it tastes great. To place your first order, visit optimizeyourself.me slash newstandard and use the code OPTIMIZE for 50% off your first order. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Hot Seat Fridays. If you find this new format valuable, please reach out and let us know. Just go to optimizeyourself.me slash contact to leave your honest feedback. And if after listening, you are wishing that you could schedule your own hot seat session, I invite you to join our community of optimizers, where you are going to find all of the support and connections you need to optimize every aspect of your life. Just go to optimizeyourself.me slash optimizer to learn more about the various coaching and mentorship options available so you and I can start working together. And as a quick reminder to subscribe so you don't miss future interviews just like this one, please visit optimizeyourself.me slash podcast. And a special thanks to our sponsors Evercast and ErgoDriven for making today's interview possible. To learn more about how to collaborate remotely without missing a frame and to get your real-time demo of Evercast in action, visit optimizeyourself.me slash Evercast. And to learn more about ErgoDriven and their brand new product that I am super excited about, New Standard Whole Protein, visit optimizeyourself.me slash newstandard. Thank you for listening. Stay safe, healthy, and sane, and be well.